to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Dustin Lunt. How are you doing this evening? Woo! Woo! That's how good. Doing real good. You're doing well, Jake? Yep. I'm the other uh, host of this uh, this B, Jake Trowbridge. And I'm feeling woo! Well, I think we're both feeling a little bit. We had some nice brunching. Yeah, a little Sunday today. fun day. We had, we had a nice, uh, nice imbibing of, of the best beers that Madison uh, has to offer. Well, actually, that's not true. You have the best imbibing of all of Madison, Wisconsin's best beers yesterday and at a beer some. fest. Yes. And then some. Yes. It was amazing. I'm not going to lie. And then on top of that, amazing brunch day, fun day, beer day, etc. Exactly. So we're at our best. We're at our saying. peak. We're at our primed. You're not going to get better than this. No. And we have a great episode today. Uh, today is our red flags or aka our sobering players which is kind of at odds with what we've been doing over the last couple mm-hmm. of days but i feel like it's a nice come down for us it is this is kind of a, a a slam back to realization here players that we think you should avoid in your upcoming drafts that's right for a myriad of reasons which we'll get into shortly but first what are we drinking this dun, week? dun 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 new beer so we've got, from Surly Brewing Company out of Minnesota, the Stunner Tropical Ale. The Stone Cold Stunner Tropical 6%. Ale. It says it's refreshing, tropical, and citrusy. Ooh. Let's check it out. It feels tropical. I also want to point out that the can looks like um, an 80s Trapper Keeper. You know, it's just hyper color, uh, fun Fun and frivolous design. All right. Smells very citrusy. Does it smell like an orange? Not like an orange. Does it smell like a lemon? Not like a lemon. Smell like a passion fruit? I'm going to keep naming them all. You're going to name all the fruits? I'll get through the the entire list of fruits if you give me time. It's nice golden color. Yeah. It's got a nice bright scent to it. Yeah, nice and hazy though. I like that. This is what I want in a beer like this. I need it to be a little bit hazy so that I know it's not super hoppy. It's not very right? hoppy. It's yeah. got some hops, but not too bad. It's got like, okay, in the ranking of how many hops it has, is it more like uh, Woody Harrelson and White Man Can't Jump when he's pretending to be bad, or more like hops when Woody is playing at his best at the end? It's like at the end when he ducks, dunks on Farouk and Duck Johnson. That's right. I love that you could pull the names out. I only know this because we talked that you watched this last and night. And I but. literally just watched the movie last <laughs> night, so it's I'm, I'm very up on the names. But I'm going to assume the, the hop level is more like pre-real uh, b-ball Woody, yes. where he's pretending to be bad. Yes. Even before like the tournament, the two-on-two tournament that they go in, <laughs> it's even before that. Can we sidebar the entire episode that we had planned and just make this a podcast about White Man Can't Jump? Oh, I would love that. It would okay. be amazing. I'm sure nobody would be bummed about that at all. Tuning in. All right, we'll save that for another another time. Another yeah, podcast. we'll go back to actual football conversation. All right. Okay. Fine. Uh, so mildly football related. Let's yes. get into our drone trade. Drone And this one comes from Ceasefires uh, on Reddit. I'm guessing that's how you pronounce it. I think the, the, it's the name S I E S S 
fires. I think it's supposed to be like a pun, you know, how those work. So this one uh, is very blunt when asking for the drunk trade. He just says, got drunk, traded my 2019 first for John Brown, two games before Lamar Jackson took over under center. Here's the part I don't like about this. He goes on to say, Sure, I won the championship regardless, and it turned out to be one twelve. But still, shut the fuck up! (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm gonna humble brag my drunk trade. No, I mean it's fine because obviously I'm good enough to withstand it. But here's my drunk trade. Yeah, come on. Now I want to rate this drunk trade worse because of that little slip in humble brag. Twenty nineteen first for John Brown. We'll just take the first part here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not a great trade. No. Granted, John Especially Brown was having a good the season yeah. before Lamar took over. Like, he was having a very good season. That's right, yeah. Uh, and if you thought you needed that piece to get you to the championship. Sure. I had a little bit of a stretch, I guess. I personally wouldn't give up a first-round pick for John no, Brown. No, Even at I. the time of that height. And I know, look, hindsight 2020 and all that. But Obviously. that's, yeah, that's a bit much. Mm-hmm. So I understand you would have to be drunk to think that's probably the right. best idea yes all in all no it's not the worst that we've seen no or heard here that's yes. not great either. i don't like the second half of that though either the humble it. brag at the end that's i'm rating it worse based on the humble exactly. brag at the end this is a terrible trade i rank it 19 out of 30 jaeger shots agreed okay <laughs> all right but we have more pressing matters to get to. We do. The crux of our episode here. Yes. Our red flags, our sobering players, our hungover dudes, whatever you want to call them. These guys are bad. Yeah. Guys are avoiding. That's right. You're not going to feel good having these guys on your team come week three and beyond. Right. Based on average draft position, yes. current situation they're in, team makeup, what have you. Or just your general feelings on what these players what you feel like these players are going to do well, this upcoming season. So, yeah. I don't know. That's not my reasoning for it, but maybe it is for yours. It could be. We'll find out. All right. <laughs> we'll find out very shortly. So let's talk the most important position. Thing. Yes. Quarterback. Let's. Let's do it. You want to start? You want me to start? I'll start. You, me? Yeah, you, let's do you, it. You, me? Okay. All right. So my sobering quarterback is Tom Brady. Now. Woo. And it's not just That's coming from New England. That's it's, not from I know. England. It's not I just I don't want to hate on Tom Brady. But right but now he's the quarterback 16, so he's being drafted outside the top 12 as he should be. But this is I know there's going to be people that want to draft him and believe in him. Just don't do it, folks. Just just stay away. I could see if you're in a super flex league, he'd be like a good, solid number two quarterback for you. But in a one quarterback league, just just stay away. Maybe if you need to have him as a streamer type option for you on a bye week or something like that, or your main quarterback gets injured for a couple weeks, great fill-in. If you're desperate. Yes. I mean, let's look at the division he plays in. It's the AFC East. The rising AFC Yes, very true. Mom. Very true. But... Great villain, but you cannot count on him anymore week in and week out to give you those good weeks. So I'm going to go back for the last five seasons. Last year, quarterback 14, not great. Year before that, quarterback three, hey, great season. Year before that, quarterback 17, and granted that was only in 12 games, but still, quarterback 17. Quarterback two, and then quarterback eight. He's been very up and down. It's been this yo-yo of finishes. Um, 
it just really concerns me over the last three seasons. He's finished 17, 3, and 14. You're just seeing a very gradual decline in finishes. But doesn't that mean he's bound for like a wide No. Over the past three seasons, he has declined in almost every single statistical category for passers that there is. Except the amounts of vegetables in your blood. Well, Come on, you know that's going on. That, I would not say, is a very significant statistical category. Maybe not yet. All right. It okay. could be. So he's, he's been declining over the past three years. And final point here. Here's some other quarterbacks that are being drafted after him that I would rather have, I think, in before I drafted Brady. Roethlisberger. Dak Prescott. Philip Rivers. Preach. Lamar Miller. Kirk Cousins. Lamar Miller? Lamar Jackson. That's what I meant. Thank you. I gotcha. One too many uh, beers at brunch, apparently. (laughs) And Mitchell Trubisky. I think I would rather have all those quarterbacks before I drafted Brady. Um, Well, based on value or based on like head-to-head, if they were being taken at the exact same spot, would you still rather have them? I think so. And just their, except for maybe Rivers, all of the other ones have significantly more upside than Brady. Brady will give you a great floor week to week. I don't think he's ever just going to bomb and fall off the face of the earth for you and have a terrible week, but you're not going to get those game-winning weeks from him anymore that you're used to seeing. So that's why he's my sobering, sobering quarterback. I buy that. You don't, you, don't, you don't draft your quarterback to just get you by, get you a few points here and there. You no. You draft quarterback for some upside. Exactly. You want those week-winning weeks. Absolutely. That was redundant, but also meaningful. Made sense. So. Who do you got? I have somebody that I really struggled with here. And in fact, I had a different player in this until the 11th hour. And I had Pat Mahomes here. And I felt like that was easy because I'm picking on the number one guy. Of course, the number one guy is going to have a chance for regression. Of course. So I went a little deeper. And I went Drew Brees. It doesn't feel good. I don't that like doesn't that feel I good. This. No. I don't like that I wrote it. I don't like the research that I got after looking into it more. None of it makes me feel good. But he finished 2018 as the QBA. Very respectable. Right? That mm-hmm. gets you upside. That yeah. gets you floor. That gets you safety at the position. Here's what's a little concerning. The last five weeks of your fantasy season, he finished as QB 23. That's not good, Cotton. That's good. Um, last year was the first time that Drew Brees had fewer than 600 passing attempts and 400 completions since 2009. That to me says there's a little bit of a change in how the offense is running their, their schemes. Mm-hmm. It was also his first time below 4,000 passing yards as a saint since he's been to New Orleans, never thrown for fewer than 4,000 yards. Last year, he hit below all of those marks in a fairly significant way. Well, it's also, not like he was injured in missed time either. Like, he's well. Mr. Durable. He, he's played every game, every season, basically since the shoulder surgery. Since the way back when, time. yeah. So, I mean, he's been Mr. Durability, so. He'll suit up for you. Yeah. You're not going to have to worry about that. He's not injury prone. Like no, not at all. Watson, maybe, where you got to worry about him being risky. It's not, it's not the kind of risk that Durability has. The kind of risk he has is... Last year was the most efficient season he's had in his career by far. In his touchdown percentages and, and every other metric, he didn't do 
as much volume. He was just hyper-efficient with it. Mm-hmm. Can you rely on that kind of efficiency year over year? No. History tells us we cannot. So I, do, I don't believe that Drew Brees has that kind of efficiency in him again this year. Um, he also had four rushing touchdowns, which I didn't realize. It's kind of bizarre. That is. That's very surprising. Typically, he might get you a couple in a season. That would, So that was definitely an outlier. You're not going to be able to bank on that no. this year. Here's the thing. If he regresses to his career averages in all of his normal marks, but he has the similar volume this year, well, then you're looking at just barely 3,700 yards, which is still good. Yes. And 26 touchdowns, which, mm-hmm. again, is still good. But it's not elite. He's no longer the elite quarterback that you are wanting him to be. Those numbers I just mentioned put him at QB 18 in terms of overall yards, QB 12 in terms of touchdowns. That, to me, looks more like his ceiling than what his actual floor is these days. Again, I believe that they become a more run-heavy team because you have a running back who can carry that kind of weight in Alvin Kamara. Also, Latavius Murray, I think, will do just fine. Again, they will be able to rely on him as a durable running back option. Drew Brees, to me, looks more like Phillip Rivers every day. Am I excited to draft Phillip Rivers that high? No. He's a good value. because Good safe floor. Good safe floor. But again, you're not getting those weak winning weeks. The out big giant weeks that help you win championships. Yeah, I think that's kind of in the past for him now. Mm-hmm. He should be being drafted along with Rivers and Big Ben and Brady, the kind of declining mm-hmm. once studly QBs. But unfortunately, for whatever reason, he's still hanging on um, at a relatively high ADP. He is, again, he's being drafted QB7 this year. Oof. I am all out on that. Just... For me. I don't want it. And it may, again, it makes me feel bad. I, I like you, Drew. Yeah. Too. But I don't like Class act, love them, but I just I just can't get on board this season. Yeah, this is again I don't know what the sound of jumping off of a hype train is, but that is what I want to insert here. Maybe we can do that in post. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> we'll figure it Wait, out. Hold on, give it a. Su- okay, hopefully what you just heard was the sound of somebody jumping off a hype train. <laughs> all right, let's move on to running backs. All right, do you want me to head off this one? All right, so my running back here is Melvin Gordon. Now, I know this may seem a little bit obvious because of the holdout. Yeah, yeah, he's been holding out. You know, I just, I really think he is going to hold out until the middle of the season. He has to play about eight games to get that uh, accrual for the the year. I think it's going to happen. I really do. And the Chargers are not willing to budge right now on on the offer they've given him. They've given him top five money, reportedly. We haven't seen anything. But that's not good enough for him. So I just, the holdout concern is real. uh, After last year with Love Bell, I mean, I didn't have him anywhere. But just after, after going through that last year and seeing what happened, I just don't have a good feeling. I feel like he will sit out. He's going to come back midway through the year. Midway through the year, he'll probably be awesome. But at his current draft position, he's going 22 overall RB12. So you're getting him at the end of the second round. For someone that could sit out half the season, I just can't get on board on that. That's real bad. I'll be like drafting Kareem Hunt that early. Yes. Right? I mean, obviously, we know he's going to be held out those first eight weeks. Right. Supposing this is true. That's the same kind of deal. Exactly. Exactly. 
Plus, he's got plenty of injury concerns. He's only played 16 games once in his career to date. He's played 14, 13, 16, and then 12 games. And in those seasons where he's played more than, you know, the 12 games like last year, he's been dinged up and not 100%. So that concerns me greatly as well. Because you know at some point he's going to get dinged up. It'll probably happen during your fantasy playoffs is when you need your stud running backs and all your studs in general at full strength. Absolutely. And I just don't see that happening. Yeah, max power. Exactly. And then also, I mean, we have Hunter Henry coming back. I feel like he's really going to take away some of those uh, pass-catching opportunities that Melvin Gordon was getting. Because let's be honest, Antonio Gates, Virgil Green. Not great. Yeah, they're just not great receiving options. So I feel like Hunter Henry is going to pull away some of those targets that maybe the dump-off passes that Gordon was getting the last couple seasons. So that's why he is my sobering player. And you've got Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, who stepped in. Yes, and they're perfectly fine. Yep, exactly. Not world beaters. No. They're fine. So, at this point, would it be safer to say, avoid him, trade for him, maybe around week three and four when this holdout is still going on, supposing that it is. Right. Try and maybe get him for cheap at that point. Exactly. That's exactly what I would do. That's exactly what I do. Especially the team that drafts them, if they're like 0-3, 0-4 at that point, and they're like, oh, they're freaking out, (laughs) you could probably get them for pennies on the dollar. So that's exactly what I would do. You know what I wouldn't do? What would you not do? I wouldn't draft Saquon Barkley at 101. (gasps) I'm aghast. Clutch your pearls. I'm clutching them tightly. Clutch them real tight. Oh, I think I need some vapors here. I got the vapors (laughs) from this. Woo! I, and this is going to sound just harsh and probably lazy to a certain extent, because again, I'm attacking the, the number one running back and saying he's not worth it. Well... I'm sorry. I'm going to be that guy here. And there's a couple of things that really concern me about taking Saquon as my first pick. My first pick in my draft, I need safety. I need security. I don't want somebody that's going to leave me high and dry and fuck me over. So here's what concerns me about Saquon. I'm not saying that Saquon, again, can't be good, can't be great even. I'm worried about where he's he's being taken. He's a tackle-breaking guy. He's a long runner, big play, exciting, electric mm-hmm. dude. That's really hard to predict year over year. Mm-hmm. He had the most plays of over 40 yards by a long shot. In fact, I read a stat. He had nine plays over 40 yards last year. It's incredible. One season alone. The next running back is Zeke. He has had six of those plays in three years of playing. That's bonkers. So let's say that he dips those four-yard plays down to a third. Three of those plays would still be very respectable. You are looking at a significant chunk of his production coming off, and a lot of those touchdowns came on those plays. So, look, I know it's weird to hold high efficiency against a player like that and just saying, well, he's really fucking good. You can't hold that against him. I I hear that. I hear that. The other issue that I have with him, though, is his splits with Odell Beckham. Now, in terms of pure rushing, when Odell was on the field, when Odell was off the field, it didn't matter. He was basically same line by line in those rushing stats. The receptions, weirdly enough, though, took a big hit without Odell. 
When Odell was there, he averaged 6.2 receptions for 50 yards a game. Very respectable for a running back. Without Odell, he averaged 4.3 for 29 yards. Still good, mm-hmm. but it's not elite anymore. That's my worry. And we, we talk about like the stacking the box. I know we've mentioned that previously. With Without all of the guys there, because everybody's dropping like flies in their receiving core. It's, oh, well, Golden Tate could help take some of that away, hopefully. Maybe Sterling Shepard will be good enough to, to help stretch the field. Well, those guys are injured, suspended. Etc. You're relying on Cody Latimer at mm-hmm. the moment, I believe. Darius Slayton, the rookie, who is also banged up. We don't know. It's Evan Ingram. Can Evan Ingram really take away all that coverage? Probably not. Is Saquon good enough to get over all of that extra defensive attention? If anybody can do it, I'm sure it's Saquon. But I don't want to put all my eggs in that basket. That terrifies me. It's already rough investing in a running back on a bad team. When that team gets so much worse, oh, I don't like it. It makes me feel icky that I have to call him out in this way, but I am avoiding him. He is my currently my fourth running back, Oof. which is a hot take for some folks. And obviously, I, I'm talking all this shit. I would still take him as the fourth running back, so clearly I'm not that off of him. But just in terms of him so being... You still have Zeke above him? Uh, yes, because I don't feel that that holdout is real. All right. So, yeah. Fair enough. All right, we'll move on to wide receivers, shall we? Oh, please. All right, so my wide receiver here that I'm staying away from and not drafting is Amari Cooper. <laughs> I hate it. I know you do. I just, ah, I love the talent. But at his draft position, I just can't get on board. If he was like one round later, I would probably be all about it. But he's going in the early third right now, or middle middle of the third. And that's I, too early for you. Yeah, at, as a wide receiver, thirteen. Sure. I think that's too high. Why? Enlighten me, sir. Tell so, me things. I, I will tell you things. <laughs> Last year, he finished as the wide receiver 19. And I know you can say he changed teams in the middle of the season and whatnot, but the fact remains, he finished as wide receiver 19. That's a fact. I'll allow it. Fact. He only averaged 14.4 fantasy points per game. That's not that great. As, As someone you're probably drafting... You could be drafting as your wide receiver one, depending on how you start your draft. Yeah, if you go ahead and you're running back. Right. Is that someone you really want to count on week in and week out as your wide receiver one? He is, he booms really great when he booms, but he busts so much. It's so hard to get on board in that. Asterisk used to bust so much. No, he still does. He still did it with Dallas. No, he did. He did. And also, I expect Michael Gallup to take a big step forward this year. He was a rookie last year. For whatever reason, him and Dak didn't have a good connection. He just There's a lot of plays where he was like wide open, but Dak just didn't throw to him. So I, I think with the full offseason here in the, the training camp and offseason program, 
hopefully they're getting together, you know, going to the Sizzler, having some dinner, getting to know each other, building that rapport with each other. That buffet rapport. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. You know, so I expect Gallup to take a step forward this season. I'm not saying Gallup is going to be a wide receiver two or anything like that, but he will take a step forward from where he's been. And then Randall Cobb is in. Randy. Which I know. Randy, no. If he stays healthy, he will be a contributor. Yeah. Again. How many games has Randall Cobb stayed healthy for? I know. In his that's history? why I'm not a believer, but that's a different topic. Okay. Right. And then Jason Witness come back. The old binky for yeah. Dak. He's back, and he will take some targets. Let's be honest. Sure. I'll concede. And then here are a few wide receivers that are being drafted after Amari Cooper that I would take before him. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm curious. Stefan Diggs. Brandon Cooks. Bobby Woods. Bobby! And Julian Edelman. I would take... I would take all four of them before I took Amari. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about boom bust. Brandon Cooks is one of the boomiest, boomiest bustiest that there is in, in football. Mm. He's pretty boom bust. But I think the, the thing is his booms tend to win people more weeks than Cooper's booms have won over the last couple years. Agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to see eye no. to eye. No. I already know this. Um, I appreciate your, your sentiments. Yeah, so I am just, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, He has all the talent in the world. I'm not going to deny that. When he's flashed, he's flashed so bright. But he just needs to get more consistent. And maybe this will be the season. Maybe with a better quarterback in Dak, who is severely underrated. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's, had, he's had the whole offseason here to learn their system, get a rapport with Dak. You know, maybe this is the time now where he's actually going to bring it all together. And and it's he's going to be much more consistent. Maybe that's going to be a thing. And then I will gladly say that I was wrong on this, but I don't feel like that's going to happen. We're going to isolate that clip of you just saying that, and then we're going to repeat it over and over and over. All nice. right, all right. So um, who do you have for your wide receiver? Mine is one that has been an offseason darling for a lot of people. Uh, a lot of folks are really excited about Mike Williams. Me, not a mucho. I don't want Mike Williams. I'm not taking him in the sixth round, which is where he's being drafted right now. Um, I don't trust it. There's a lot of reasons I don't trust it. Numero uno, Hunter Henry. We talked about it for Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. They were without a key cog in their offense last year. Hunter Henry was being designed around so much the year prior, and I think people forget that. He was becoming, outside of Keenan Allen, one of the cruxes of that offense. He goes down. Yes. What did, what did you mean? I was going to interject something, but... Go, well, but what, you can't pre-interject <laughs> and then not actually interject. That's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I hear from the ladies. All right, go. What about Mike Williams being such the red zone target? Yeah, that's great. Here's, here's my issue with that. Mike Williams saw crazy efficiency in the red zone. In fact, he was one of the most efficient. And he put up those great double-digit numbers. All of my You'll points. All that. of my points. You love to see that. <laughs> Here's what's uh, going against him for that. Hunter Henry, when he was last on the field, saw far more red zone attempts than Antonio Gates saw last year. Again, it was a hobbled Gates. 
Um, he still threw to him a, a few times here and there. He is not the red zone threat that Hunter Henry is. The other big issue that I have with Mike Williams is he was so hyper-efficient that he looked like Tyler Lockett, but people haven't been calling him Tyler Lockett. He is as due for regression. So let's talk about his, his touchdowns. He scored a touchdown on 15% of his targets and on 23% of his receptions. Would you maybe agree that that's a little odd for a typical wide receiver? I would. Again, those numbers are better than Tyler Lockett. Everybody is, including us, is waiting for the regression dip from Tyler Lockett. But Mike Williams, oh, he'll be fine. Really? Will he, though? His yards per reception were 11th at the position. Again, another remarkable feat of efficiency for him. And it's hard to take that away from him. You can, again, he's really good. So why take that away? Well, again, he's due for positive regression. I hate, I cringe as I say that phrase. But he also has a really unfortunate comparison in the NFL, which is Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin was good for a year or two. They're both first-round picks. They both had a similar 40 time. They both have identical vertical skills. Every metric that they measure at the combine is pretty goddamn close. The tougher pill to swallow is that Benjamin actually has better agility metrics than Mike Williams does, a bigger catch radius than Mike Williams does, and a better speed score than Mike Williams does. And we know what happened to Kelvin Benjamin once he stopped being force-fed targets. Mike Williams was force-fed targets because but Mike Williams was, was a, a lack of options. He was num- drafted number seven overall, top oh, ten. Kelvin, he was well, not the exact same draft capital, but he well, was a first-round pick. Kelvin was a first-round pick. That's my point. You I don't, cannot rely on on draft capital entirely. You see, I happen to agree with you on this. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. You're trying to be the Pacino to my Keanu Reeves. Why can't I be Keanu? Because I'm always Keanu. I want to be Keanu. Nope, not, not in this one. If we get into the next uh, red flag and it's more of a point break comparison, I'll allow you to be Keanu. Oh, that's Only the best Keanu. Be Swayze. That's fine. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Perfect. But my point <laughs> is, and this whole Chargers offense, it operates this way. They spread the ball out. It has been since Wisenhunt got there. It was Wisenhunt's offense in the Titans. They don't have a number two that gets fun with a shit ton of targets. It just hasn't happened yet. It's not going to. <laughs> Sorry, you said number two and shit ton of targets. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I appreciate you for pointing that out, actually. It's just bad. It's not how it works for the Chargers. I don't imagine them making an exception for him this year. I think Travis Benjamin is there. He will swoop in, get similar production that he saw in 2017, which is 60 plus targets. It's just people want things that aren't there for him, and I'm not taking it. Okay. So now we have to talk about what we don't love talking about, but it's the tight end part. Yes. And I am actually going to pivot from what I have on the show sheet. Pivot! I am. Pivot! I'm, I'm going to do it. Okay. As I was looking at who I had, and granted I put together the show sheet you know, about a week and a half ago before I went on vacation, and now I'm looking at it, and I'm just like, no, it's not. It's not as it's not as big a red flag as I thought it would be. So my original red flag was David Njoku, but things have changed in the offense now. 
with Duke Johnson leaving, yeah. Antonio Callaway getting suspended for four games. Sure. So some of the concerns I have 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 moved away. They faded away. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to pivot to Vance McDonald. What? I know. I'm gonna. If I had a beer bottle on me right now, I would break it over this table and come at you. So, this is why I'm fading Vance McDonald. So right now, he's currently going as the tight end 10 overall. 91st overall. So that's what? Quick math. Like round... <laughs> why would you dare look at me for quick math? Like round 9-ish, somewhere around there? Sure. If I, mean, I, if I had to guess. I mean, I could just look it up. I'm sure you could. But he's going tight end overall. Some of the tight ends going after him. All right, we've got Austin Hooper, finished as a tight end six last year. Delaney Walker, granted he was injured last year and he's old as balls. But every year he's been like a top six to eight tight end every single year for like the past like six years. I think people just forget because he was injured last year. Sure. Got Trey Burton. He's second year into the Nagy offense now. I feel like he's going to be much more involved. And hurt. And hurt. He's injured. He is injured right now. But I'm just, okay. I believe it's not going to be a long-term issue. Okay. I mean, you got Greg Olson. I know he's getting old, injury prone, but he is Cam Newton's binky. You got TJ Hawkinson. A lot of hype coming out from there. There's just a lot of other good options. You're not willing to reach in the back of the seventh for where Vance McDonald's being. No. Seventh round, no. And here's the other thing. He's never played 16 games in a in his career. He's played 15, 10, 11, 14, 8, 15. He's never played all 16 games. Wait, hold on. Can you repeat how many seasons he's been in the NFL for? Yeah. Because it feels like he's been here for one. Yes. He came in the league in 2013. Wow. He's... Was 28 years old last year, so he's 29. Never played a full season. He's never started as many games as he's played in. I just, I, I, I get, I, I, I get the sentiment behind. This is his season. This is his breakout season. But I think we've said that for the last couple years, and it hasn't happened. But uh, Antonio Brown was there. Oh yeah, Antonio right. Brown, but. You'd think if he was a really good tight end that he would have been targeted more. I think he does a fine job. He's not a terrible tight end. I mean, he had 600... He's not a terrible tight end, the title of Vance McDonald's next book. Yes. I mean, he had 600 yards, 50 receptions last year, four touchdowns. Again, not a terrible year, but not, not where he's being drafted. There's plenty of other players in that range that you can draft that will give you way better production than what Vance will give you on a week-to-week basis. I agree with you to an extent because I am now captain late-round tight end here because there's so many options, a lot of them which you listed. Uh, your Delaney Walker, your Jordan Reed, yes. your Graham I'm very big on. I'm yes. big on weighted. So at that kind of draft capital, no. I do think his opportunity will be there. I mean, if you're not going to get the top three tight ends... In this year, yeah. I mean, you should punt it until, like you said, the Jimmy Grams and Jordan Reeds and and those type players, Delaney Walker. You so know, you don't think there's a world where Vance finishes, say, top four? No. Okay. Oh God, no. Okay, that's what I'm because that's at the point where you want to be drafted. If you can get that kind of production at the back no. of the seventh, that's where it's about. No, if he finishes, 
he might finish top 10, like number 10. But in the seventh round, do you really want to pay that price? I do not. Exactly. My <laughs> point exactly. Thank you. Now, I'm only going along with the restrictions that you set on that. Of course, I still like Vance McDonald, but I I feel that the, the ADP could be... He could probably have a fairly safe floor. Sure. But, I, again, like we've said with... Um, you know, wide receivers, running backs, it's or you know, quarterbacks, they just don't have that weekly upside where it's going to give you those boom weeks. I just don't see it. You're, you're boring, Vance. You hear that? Yeah. You're fucking boring. You're plain buttered noodles. We want some kabatapi. That's right. Pesto and mushrooms and stuff. I think I'm just hungry. But <laughs> <laughs> I think those are all fair points, honestly. Um, you ready for some unfair points? Yes. Eric Ebron sucks, and he's going to be worse this well, year. <laughs> sucks is very no, harsh. No, harsh, and I, I didn't actually mean that. Again, I think it's my low blood sugar. Just acting. <laughs> Eric Ebron is good. I think, actually, he gets a lot of shit for how well he has done, and I think it's a, a little mean. So I, I was joking, Eric. I mean it. Truly. One love to you. But he is being taken as the tight end eight. I think that's foolish. I think that's just foolishness. Um, number one, the statistical regression we've talked about with a million other people. He was stupid, uh, consistent in terms of red zone efficiency, um, more so than almost any other player has been in like the last ten years. I think his touchdowns are definitely bound to come down. Yes, He's there's going to be a regression there. Well, and he had two rushing touchdowns last year. I mean, that's just, you can't expect that to happen again. It's, wait, he did? Are you sure? I'm pretty sure about this. Oh my God, you're right. They both came and... Could you say that again no, louder into the microphone? You're wrong. There was only one. <laughs> I take it back. There was only one. You are wrong. I almost, I almost gave you credit for something. That would have been abysmal. He got one rushing touchdown last year, which, yeah, that's, that's fluky. Okay, um, but more fluky than that is those 13 receiving touchdowns on an offense that now has a lot more red zone options. Absolutely. Devin Funches. Mm-hmm. Even Paris Campbell, I'm willing to... I don't like Paris Campbell in terms of pure fantasy value this year, but I'm willing to believe that he can leech some of those types of targets away. I also think that Marlon Mack has a hair uh, chance of getting an uptick in that in that area as well. I also don't like what I see when I'm looking at what Eric Ebron did without Jack Doyle versus what he did with Jack Doyle. Yeah, now, those splits of, are not good. In terms of production, what he actually got when he was on the field with Jack Doyle, fine. Good production. You can take those yardage numbers, you can take those touchdown numbers, and that's great. What's not great is the actual number of targets he got with Jack. So his most efficient games were actually with Doyle on the field. So maybe that's counter to my argument here. I don't think it is because regression is key. So with Doyle um, on the field, he was only seeing 59 targets on a full season pace. Mm -hmm. It would have been 59 targets. He actually saw 110 targets. Is there any way that that holds up? Not a fucking chance. No. Again, especially considering the influx of guys they brought. Maybe even Deion Kane will be something. Yeah, he, I don't know. Possible, he, he's right? supposedly looking very good in, in 
training camp and practice and whatnot. But considering he was out with an ACL and he was a late round flyer last year, the fact that they're still talking about him and like him. Right. And it's not as a trade candidate. Right. Because I think that has come and gone. Absolutely. So, yeah, if you're looking at 59 targets, that's not going to get it done for a tight end. I don't want that. Because you have to believe that it will be ridiculously efficient with every touch that he gets. And I think that's fluky. I don't want it. So, sorry, Eric. And to think he would score, say he's going to get 10 touchdowns. Say he regresses a little bit, goes to 10 touchdowns. That's 20% of your targets. One out of every five receptions is going to be a touchdown. I, yeah, I just don't see it. I agree with you. Like, that's yeah. asking a lot. Yep. Especially with all the other red zone targets they now have. Yep. Yep. Again, with Doyle back in, who, again, yeah, the numbers didn't bear out last year. But with a healthy Doyle, supposing he is healthy, and I always saw having some issues. But all of that, I, I, I will take any of those guys that you already listed after Vance ahead of Ebron. Even in a head-to-head situation. Like, not encompassing the fact that he is a mid-round seventh pick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's some giant red flags. Yes. Those are red flags that you see uh, swirling over, uh, what is it? Is it Japan that has red flag? No, that's the white flag with the uh, red circle. Is it Russia that has a red flag? Yeah, with the with the, 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 the Sith and, yeah. I've, I've unfortunately announced my Achilles heel which is geography and symbols. And countries', countries. flags. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to have an Achilles heel, it's a pretty small Well, pack. and we're not here for that, let's be honest. We're here for fantasy football. Oh, good. Okay, so. thank God. Uh, I just don't want you on my Jeopardy team. God, no. <laughs> I wouldn't want me on my Jeopardy team either. I'd sub. Uh, yeah, Any anything else you want to talk about with these red flags? Any other alarm bells that should be ringing for people that we didn't bring up here today? You know what? The one that would be easy to talk about, and I feel like we don't have to because, again, it's so easy and obvious, is Antonio Brown. I like easy. I like obvious. I just, it's hard to know with Antonio Brown what's going on right now. And I don't want to get into the whole situation, but is he going to hold out? Is he going to, quote unquote, retire? Or is this just a whole... uh, you know, game for uh, hard knocks ratings. Right. What's going on? Is it a ploy? I can't imagine them saying that, yes, I'll retire just because I don't get to wear the helmet I want and give up whatever, $30 million of guaranteed money. I have a- One thing I found interesting about all this, just because we, we got to talk about it, is news. We got to talk about news. Antonio Brown with the, the whole helmet situation, if the listeners aren't aware, he threatened to retire possibly if they don't allow him to wear the helmet he used to wear. There's been changes in player safety, and they're now trying to get all these new helmet prototypes out there. Last year, they were testing them. This year, it is wear them or mm-hmm. else, and he is choosing the or else, apparently. Apparently. But there was a conversation, a sit-down interview that he had a couple months ago before all this where he talked about how he doesn't need the game anymore. And And that's what he says, but like I said, he was just given $30 million in guaranteed money. How do you just give that back? I don't know that he has to give that back. Does he? If he had the guaranteed money and if he shows up, does he have to report week one? See, that's I don't don't know. know. Yeah. I'm not a contract guy, so I don't know. It just, I don't know. That's a whole situation where maybe I would just 
where he's currently being drafted. Again, unless this gets resolved in the next couple weeks, Mm -hmm. hopefully you guys are drafting, you know, after week three, week four of the preseason. You know, hopefully there's some clarity at this point where this is a a, a moo point, as they say. (laughs) It's a cow's opinion. Yeah, that's right. So hopefully, you know, we don't have to worry about this, but just as it stands right now, where his being drafted, just stay away at this point. Okay, question for you right here and now. Today, if you're drafting today, do you pick Antonio Brown or Amari Cooper? I would probably take Cooper. I hate to say it, (laughs) but... That's all I wanted to hear. There is at least a a reasonable threshold for you. Yes. Where you are not crazy. I don't hate Amari Cooper. (laughs) It's just... But if you're going to give me the guy that I know is going to play all season mm-hmm. or the guy that could poss- possibly retire, yeah, give me the guy that's going to play. <laughs> and let's be honest. I want to win some ships here. Let's do it. Okay, so here's what I'm uh, hearing is that you would take Kenny Sills over Antonio Brown because you if, know that he'll play the 16. If, if, if you're drafting today. Well. If you're drafting today. I might take a, Kenny's gonna play I might take a late round flyer on Brown at that point oh, if he's still there. Okay, all right. There is, a, there is a cutoff. Yes, for that there is. Off. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, fine. I was hoping to entrap you nope. a little bit. Sorry. Wiggled your fucking paw out of that, didn't you? Yep. All right. Well, this has been, I mean, not as fun as last week when we got to hype up, guys. Now we're, you know, Debbie Downers for this episode, which is a bummer. Well, we're just saying pump the brakes a little bit. Let's just, yeah, yeah. you know, chill out on where these players are being drafted. Just be cool. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Everyone's draftable at a certain position. You know, just where they're currently being drafted, just stay away. Yeah. You can find me at FF Dusty Dog. Feel free to drop us a line. If you have any questions answered, any draft advice as draft season's coming up here, we're more than willing to give you great draft advice. Yeah, speaking of which, we're coming up on a draft, uh, mock draft episode, which will be very exciting. You'll get to see kind of what our actual thoughts are. Yes, absolutely. Uh, put it into practice. Yep. And I totally forgot what I was going to say next, but I that's okay. something really cool. It probably was. You know, it was but... probably something that would have blown a lot of people's minds, but it's fine. Nobody yeah, needs to that's all right. Yeah. It's at the end of the episode. Nobody's even probably listening anymore. It would have probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, give us the rate and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you can rate and review us. We appreciate it. And until next time, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. That's right. Cheers, FFers. Shut, shut.